Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Believe in Celtics podcast brought to you by Bet Online. I'm your co-host, Warren Shaw, and back in the saddle with me for this upcoming season is the Boston Globe national NBA writer, giving his thoughts on NBA and everything else. It's my guy, Gary Washburn. Gary, what's good, family? How you doing? How's it going, man? Good to be here. Uh, the season is not started yet, but there's a lot of interesting stories, so, you know, the NBA they wanted to be on the level of the NFL and uh, in terms of interest. And boy, are they doing that? Uh, probably not to what they like in the subjects, but uh, people are definitely talking NBA. And and as we as we go into October, as opposed to to as much as the NFL and then obviously Aaron Judge uh, chasing history, but the NBA is definitely on our our conversations. So uh, yeah, this this will be fun. Well, you know what it is. Um, I think there's a popular saying out there on NBA Twitter. The NBA has gone X amount of days, zero days without being, you know, dramatic. And these Boston Celtics have definitely brought a lot of drama uh, to the situation um, for especially for those who follow the team closely like you and I do, you know, not the ideal start. But we'll get into the storylines and some of the narratives that are in some ways plaguing the roster as we begin this NBA season, as you alluded to. Um, I wanted to just, you know, just kind of even tap in with you. I mean, You've been covering covering this team now. What year is this for you now, brother? Uh, was it, 13, 13. Yeah, yeah. So 2009, 2010 was my first year. Lucky 13 here, man. So yeah. I think for our fans and listeners, to be able to work with Gary is a, is a great pleasure of mine. He's, you know, obviously nationally known, written books, millions and millions of stories, spends, spends a lot of time with the team and the roster. So really, really great insight here that we're going to be bringing to you here on Believe in Celtics brought to you by Ben Align on the Believe Network. So before we get into the crux of it, you know, we've got to pay some bills and, you know, kind of do all of our plugs. So as always, make sure you're following everything on the Believe Network, especially everything coming out at Believe Network or at Believe Sports. If you like what we're doing here on Believe in Celtics, make sure you're following my guy Gary at G Washburn Globe, and you can hit me up at Shaw Sports NBA as well. Now we got to pay our bills to bet online, so um, we're going to show them a little bit of love, and they're going to get into the crux of the show, what I like to call our Geno Time segment on the other side of this break. Not too much actual Geno time to be celebrating on the other side of this break, but we're definitely going to get right into it. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-50. Bet online where the game starts. 
On this week's edition of Geno Time, Gary and I are going to kind of dive into obviously the major news surrounding these Boston Celtics and um, the suspension of Ime Udoka here and some of the things that have come out with the roster after media day first week. Gary, let's kind of just start there. Um, right before we record, Woj puts out another um, story. I guess he's getting some bits and tidbits from the law firm that was hired to investigate the situation with Coach Udoka. Um, have you had a chance to see that yet? And do you have any initial thoughts on that aspect of it, just in terms of the crude language that Udoka used with a subordinate? Yeah, I did read it, um, Warren. And to me, like this is, you know, bits and pieces are going to come out now. The question is um, if it's like, the the law firm and it's if it's like a confidential report and those are being leaked then that sounds like someone in the organization uh mm-hmm. might be kind of you know disseminating information here and there little bits and pieces so p- for people to chew on because everybody still is asking what the hell happened what exactly did he do besides you know the relationship with the coworker what did he say was there multiple women like you know there's just it, it's going overboard with speculation and the Celtics uh, for privacy reasons, really haven't fed into that, which is understandable. Uh, but there's going to get to a point where uh, people are going to start finding out information. This situation, this report by Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, just kind of says, you know, as we had reported and already known, in many, many ways, there was some language used toward the woman. Now, the key part was prior to the relationship. So that means it maybe indicates that there were some threats or there's some language perhaps that was used in terms of uh, maybe encouragement, uh, you know, maybe blackmail, whatever you, you would want to say uh, to the woman to maybe encourage her into this relationship. Um, I don't know if it's that clear cut. Um, was it a simple case of him threatening her with her job or with her maybe uh, pay or um, promote like a lack of promotion or demotion holding something over her head unless she participated in this. And if that's the case, and that is what started this, uh, the question is, it leads to more questions, Warren. Well, why didn't she go to, to uh, you know, his superior? Why why would she allow this to happen? Why would you, you know, if someone's threatening you that way and you have a case or maybe you have some documentation, why in the world would you not go to a higher up and say, this is what's happening to me. Um, so there's a lot of questions that, um, you know, unfortunately, Warren, like we're still trying to find the answers to. And so for me, uh, this is just another case of like, you know, uh, like we really don't know. And until uh, there's some hard evidence, hard, you know, facts that come out, that the team obviously knows because obviously they made a decision to suspend them. Right. Uh, to me, it's good. It's a situation where what, what can we do? What can yeah, we you do? know, you know, Gary, it's, it's really that part of it too. It's so frustrating, you know, to kind of see this as that. And I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle on it because in some ways I don't know how much of our business it, it, it is, you know, as media and folks like that. Um, but it's still, it, it impacts kind of this, national recognized franchise, this organization that has so much on the line, but, you know, you want to be able to protect the integrity, you know, and the privacy of, you know, the individuals in some cases that are involved in this, 
you know, and as you were talking, it, 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 it all I could think was kind of more questions as you alluded to. So it first comes out that it was consensual, but if it was coerced, then is it really consensual? I mean, I just sat through a sexual harassment training in my full-time job, like kind of the annual training. And you kind of go through all the different steps that are part of that, that training. So it's like, all right, well, really, what did Yudoka do here? Um, let me ask you this question. And, and this is this because we don't want to be speculative here. We want to be able to report on what we actually know in some ways. And as the pits and pieces coming out, but in the time that you've been covering this organization and what you know about the NBA, right? Coaches, what, what level of authority do they have in, in most organizations now in terms of other people on the roster or coaches scouts to my understanding usually report to like the general manager or president of operations, that type of situation. Mm -hmm. So coaches have assistant coaches, maybe interns and things of that nature. What, who, what is kind of the usual reporting structure within organization that would report to the coach specifically? Well, well, it all depends on the organization, but to me, you would have like, you have Brad Stevens is like the president of basketball operations. So he's kind of the big boss in terms of basketball operations, how things go, uh, player signings, uh, coaching staff, all that. But obviously, Ime Udoka has say in who he might want as an assistant coach. He mm -hmm. might have a say in personnel. He might they might blend together as opposed to form a partnership. As opposed to like, no, we're going to do this, and the coach doesn't want to do that. Now, does Brad? Has there probably been situations where Brad said, "I want this guy." He may said, "I don't want this guy," and maybe they still got the guy. Uh, perhaps, uh, or okay, we're going to go after this free agent first, and then we're going to go through this one. And he may say, Oh, no, I want to go through this guy first. Like, but I think that Brad, kind of in, in a general organization, the president of basketball operations, operations kind of you know is the top guy in terms, uh, next to the like owner, right? Uh, or the governor, and then your head coach. It all depends on you know, obviously, Greg Popovich has more power. Then mm -hmm. in San Antonio, then when they see Jamal Mosley in Orlando, right? Or, uh, you know, a first-year coach who's starting his first year. Pop could do and kind of say what he wants about what happens with the Spurs, draft, all that. So it's, a, it's an interesting situation where then you have, you know, employees that work for the team, uh, marketing, um, ticket sales, Basketball operations, people, mm. that, you know, that work in the family room to make sure that the people have their tickets to the games, the players, families, um, you know, people who do the halftime shows, right? Like uh, people who the, the, the game ops, you know, there's all types of employees around an NBA team, especially on game night. In game night, you just see constantly people in the cafeteria where the people eat, where the reporters, team staff, uh, coaching staff stadium employees, team, like all of the above, people who keep the score, uh, people who hand out, distribute the stats, like all of the above are all in a mixture. So a coach uh, doesn't usually, it's not usually in that environment in terms, he's in his office, he's on the floor, um, he's talking to, to maybe the opposing coach before the game, things like that. So um, it is a, interesting dynamic of how this could happen or how, sure. you know, but there is interaction between, let's say, P 
people in the basketball operations where there's women who work in basketball operations. There's female, there could be a female scout, an assistant coach, um, an assistant, a secretary, a woman who works in the family room where Coach Udoka could have had, or a coach generally could have had interaction or said, hey, what are you doing later? Or something like that, where they're, and honestly, Warren, like um, the thing about this whole situation is anyone who's covered professional sports knows that this happens. Players date cheerleaders. Players and coaches date people within the organization. This is nothing new. This is nothing that's, you know, I, I know the outside public is probably stunned but basketball, and, and, and I'm sure NFL, NHL, MLS, WNBA, ML, all of the sport major sports, all you know, coworkers date each other, and that's a, the, the same for any company. And in professional sports, we, I've seen players date people who are members of the org, organization. Sometimes it's open, sometimes it's not. Um, that's not a big story. Okay, that's not something that I'm going to report. That is nothing new. Uh, this is, you, you have millionaire athletes, attractive people, things are going to happen, right? Um, so I don't think people, that's the, the player confusion about this. I don't think the players were astounded or stunned that Udoka had a relationship with someone in the organization. They were astounded at the, the suspension. And it's like, well, what did he do besides? Okay, he was dating this woman. What? What else? Because they've seen it, I've seen it. This is not anything new. Um, and you know, I don't know if you watched the um, Yankees Dodgers documentary the other night, uh, Thirty for Thirty on ESPN, but they kind of featured Billy Martin, who was, you know, and, and this is forty-five uh, years ago, but you know, was living at the bars. You know, he was. After the games, he was he was drinking. He was hanging. He was hanging with with the guys. He was on the road. He was like he was, you know, living like quote unquote a player would. Right. Um, that was the old days. But to think that coaches, especially ones who are single, aren't you know dating, uh, seeing someone, having relations uh, in terms of uh, relationships, or it's it's just not true. It happens. Right. So that this is nothing. That's the whole thing. The dynamic, Warren, when it came to the players and the training camp, like the players are like, okay, so what else did he do? Like, okay, he was dating someone. Because let's be honest, Warren, the players know what the coach is up to. Like they see him on the road. They see like the, the players. The players are not was not stunned <laughs> about the relationship. Some of them might have been. Oh, I didn't know he was. Dating. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, but. When you see coach on the road, coach in a hotel lobby, coach on the way to his room, it's these hard guys, to hide that stuff. Yeah, these 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 guys spend, you know, it's like going to college or with someone or going to school. You're closer with someone you go to school with than you your own family member because you're there, you're going to school with them, you're spending weekends with them, you're going to football games with them. Like you see their lifestyle. So I don't think the players are stunned at the relationship. They're stunned at like, well, what did he do exactly besides sleep with her or have a relationship with her. So the, the in the hierarchy, but it's not encouraged. Um, obviously, no company wants the superior subordinate relationship. No company wants to touch that. They don't want that. 
your full time position, my my company does not want people to date. It, is, they, it happens. They don't want that because right. there's so many toxic, unhealthy things that can come from that. A breakup, an ugly breakup, uh, workplace uh, issues that can come from that. So I don't think the Celtics were okay with this, but I think they understand that these things happen. But obviously, considering the report and the suspension, it was something beyond just dating that Coach Yudoka must have done to warrant this. So, you know, you touched on a lot there, Regari, and, you know, I want to, I don't want to hammer this because we do have other things to talk about this team, especially like what they're going to look like after in the aftermath of this as Mm -hmm. well. Um, But a couple of quick things on this, you know, as we talked about the potential relationships um, Yudoka could have had in this aspect in terms of the influence, because I think what you said was very important. It didn't necessarily even have to be a direct, even subordinate. It could have even been the perception of the power that he has because he's the frigging head coach. So if he's, you know, he doesn't sign someone's paycheck, so to speak, if you will. But the influence of having that individual quote unquote on your side and saying, hey, I could do this for you. And, you know, I won't overshare some things in my personal life that I've seen, but I have seen um, politicians, if you will, act um, (laughs) out of out of with no with no sense of real integrity trying to influence other employees within like an organization saying hey i can do this for you if you do x y or z quid mm-hmm. pro quo i think as is what it was called in my sexual harassment training so you know we don't know what the situation is per se um but i think it's it's really interesting how you were um ascertaining and dissecting all the people that any coach and any and any organization can kind of come into contact with yeah. You know, and 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 maybe influence the situation that was maybe less than so again, maybe not as consensual as we originally hoped. Um, my next question, not hoped, sorry, let me strike that from the record at all. Yeah, I mean, just as originally reported. Yeah. Um, Gary, why do you think the team doesn't know? Like, why is this being kept away from the players themselves? Is it is it afraid because they will then leak the business, if you will, to the rest of the media per se? Or do you feel in any sense that the, the players have a right to know? Do they feel like they have a right to know? Well, I do think, Warren, that it's a lot of, it's a layers to this. One is the privacy laws. Okay. The Celtics, the Celtics are afraid, afraid to get sued here because, mm-hmm. okay, we have two exam, recent examples. One very recent in the Phoenix Suns with Robert Sarver, and Sarver, you know, saying inappropriate things to women, sexist things to women. Okay. Then we have a couple of years ago what happened with the Dallas Mavericks, where the team president was philanderer. He was saying inappropriate things to team employees. He was kind of threatening employees in terms of, uh, you know, you, you, you might want to get to know me. Um, I'm the man around here. Things like that. Things that are completely toxic and unhealthy relationship. Um they fired some people. Um, people resigned. The Mavericks cleaned house. You know, uh, Mark Cuban was embarrassed. They hired Cynthia Marshall, uh, kind of a, a woman, to come in there and just clean house because it had become a toxic work environment. Um, the Celtics do not want that fate. They don't want the league to get involved, and they don't want the perception that their environment is toxic. It's unhealthy for women. It's dangerous for women. Uh, it's threatening for women. It's harassing for women. Okay. So they don't want any of this information to get out. The key component here also is 
that nothing there's been uh, uh, publicly said by owner with Grusbeck, no penalty for the woman. And people are like, oh, what the hell? She broke the rule too. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Um, now, you know, is it tasteful for her to date a coworker in this situation? No, but but if she said, hey, I was threatened. Hey, I was, you know, my job was on the line. Hey, I felt like she has a legitimate case. The Celtics want to avoid court, okay? They do not want to divulge information. Going back to the players, if they tell the players, don't tell anybody, but this is what happened. Do you think that's going to hold? Do you think that these players are not going to tell their families, maybe their agent, their agent leaks it to a reporter, sure. and suddenly what exactly happened got out? Now, if you want to trust 18 players or you want to bring in only the guys that were here last year or whatever, okay, you only want to, you know, you don't want to bring the new guys in. You want to have your, or you, your core players, you want to bring in, you know, Jason and Jalen, Marcus Smart, Horford, like you want to bring in seven or eight guys and you want to say, listen, guys, this is what happened. This is what he did. Now you have to trust, but this is confidential. That's a tough one. It's hard enough to get one person not to spill their guts or spill the beans. What about eight or nine? Okay. Guys who have families, who have wives, who have mothers. I mean, let's be honest, Warren. I mean, you know, you don't, you're not in Boston. But I'm sure if people know you're affiliated with the Celtics, you do the people asking you what's going on. Regular people, because it's a regular people story, because yeah. Neil Long's a Hollywood star, right? And <laughs> people have known that they've been linked for years. So this has become TMZ, Entertainment Tonight, you know, Inside Edition, all the, this has become gossip. So regular people off the street, friends of mine, my wife, all, what happened? What's going on? This is more than just a basketball story. So. I think the Celtics are like, listen, we can't divulge. One, it's private. Two, we can't expect our players not to say anything if they know. So it's delicate. Could they give them more information? Like, hey, listen, this is – we don't want to give you all the, you know, specifics. Because yeah. that's the thing, Warren. The difference between this and Robert Sarver is – and I don't know if you read the Sarver report, but it's like 40 pages. And there was – specific instances things said it was you know it was like what happened on february 12th 2017 what like it was nuggets of information and instances and incidents that you could chew on so the sports fan read that and go oh oh man examples receipts right yep <laughs> here what are the receipts like there is no on the night of february 12th 2022 Udoka, and the one like there is nothing like that, right? So people are wondering, and so the players are like, "Well, you're you're suspending them for a relationship, so they have to trust the team, and maybe do they though? That, I, that, that, I think they have to. I don't think know if they do. Gotcha. But they have to trust the team, and then have to go well, and then I'm sure Brad Stevens might be listen, guys. Like we wouldn't have done this unless we had to." This is a guy who led a team to championship, the NBA Finals, his first year. Great success. It worked. They went 31 and 10 to end the season um, to get the number two seed. They beat Milwaukee. They beat Miami. They swept Brooklyn. They were 
What a good fourth quarter, a full fourth quarter in game four from taking a 3-1 lead in command of the finals and maybe winning the championship. Yeah. Like, they were this close. I mean, a good five, five minutes left, they were up six. They lost. They blew it. And then they kind of fell apart in game five. And, you know, in, in Golden State where they, you know, they had a terrible fourth quarter and they gave up the lead and then it kind of fell apart. But they were this close, right? So they don't want to do this. The Celtics do not want to fire, sorry, suspend a coach for a year. But considering the environment, considering what he did, considering all of the, the facts, I felt like they feel like they had to. So the, the players have to trust pivot and move on they they have a new coach all of email staff stayed nobody walked away that's another telling thing warren it was email brought a lot of his friends there all of them stayed you know and as much as hey man you my boy but you messed up man that ain't me i ain't i ain't walking away from a check i'm not walking away from a chance coach championship team i'm not walking away from my job i'll keep in touch with you we'll talk and I'll pat you on the shoulder and give you some encouragement to get, get things together. But, man, that's on you. Like, so if it, I felt like just from observation, if like two assistants left too and felt he got wronged, so far his entire staff that he brought in, which are three guys, because Will Hardy went to Utah, Aaron Miles, Ben Sullivan, and Damon Stoudemire all are all stayed. So I think that says something. I think it does as well too, Gary. So, you know, obviously more to come here with Yudoka. I shouldn't say Coach Yudoka anymore. Yudoka, you know, and and where um, the Celtics land with that too. So media day happened and like we don't have to pull punches here. They knew they're going to get asked. Jalen knows he's going to get asked about the potential trade to Brooklyn and all that. You know, and everyone is trying to read into body language and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I think I'm just trying to be realistic about it. Like, do you want them to be like, it's still fresh. You can't expect them to just be like, oh, hoppy and chipper. And as you alluded to, especially coming from a team that really was minutes away from potentially winning this NBA championship, you know, there's a different aura around the team in general. So Joe has been named the the head coach um, for now, and we'll see how things work out. What's your impression of this first week practices the mood, if you will, of the roster since media day and having to kind of get that out the way. We know most players don't really give a crap about that. Maybe rookies, they're excited about it. But once you're a veteran player like Jalen and, and Jason are, especially going to the finals, like this is just something you have to do. Um, now that it's out of the way, what's the sense that you've gotten from this team over this first week as they head into the preseason here? Well, Warren, I think it's been positive. As positive it can be, I think the first day, now I want to say tough, but they were, you know, like, the good thing is, is that the team didn't like mute the players. Okay. They didn't say the players weren't like, well, we're only talking basketball here. It was just like the Brooklyn media day where it's like, okay, KD and Ky Kyrie, you got to talk about vaccination and mm -hmm. KD, you got to talk about this damn trade demand where you want your coaches fired. Take it on. Like, I think that's good PR. Like you don't want, you want people, you want them to address it. You don't want them to address it every day. But, hey, you got to take the bullet for a day, get it out of the way. And I think that's kind of how it went uh, on Monday. I don't think reporters are going to constantly ask, well, what about email? Like, have you talked to him today? Like, I don't – that's going to subside because, as you know, Warren, the news cycle is changing. Now we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa, right? That's the dominant – like, email Doka is, is not becoming yesterday's news, but it's a couple of days ago. 
Now we're talking about the Miami Dolphins' treatment of their quarterback. We're talking about uh, – we're still talking about Brett Favre. There's so many topics, and the news cycle is going to churn, and guys are going to learn to move on. So I think they're moving on. New, you know, new voice and Joe Missoula, but a guy they know and respect. The rest of the coaching staff is there. I think everybody's kind of like, you know, let's all support each other. I think there's a, you know, I mean, I saw the team chaplain was at practice um, the other day. And I don't, you know, I don't see him there often, but I just think that's important. Like, hey, you know, and, and I, you know, um, I didn't get a really chance. I did talk to him, say hello, Reverend Gray, but, you know, He's there for prayer. a reason. We're at the point we need prayer, Gary. Yeah, like you know, he could be, you know, he could be someone that they could talk to and say, "Hey, Reverend Gray, like, what do we do when, when you know, he can pull out a, a, a scripture in the Bible? They're going to have chapel in their Sunday game before Sunday's preseason opener, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, you're going to need reinforcements. You're going to need these guys to talk. You're going to need these guys to get some stuff out, right? So I thought that I thought it's been a healthy environment. Allison Feaster's been there. You know, she's bounced back after having a terrible yeah. day. And her picture thrown out there is, oh, that's her. That's the one. It wasn't her. Like she's been through hell over the last few days, right? Or a week or so. So I think personally it's been a positive environment. They've they've pivoted, they've moved on. They are saying, um they are saying, um, you know the right things, and then going forward with their with the franchise. I mean, they've got to. I mean, as you know, Warren, like the other twenty nine teams aren't feeling sorry for them. Not at all. The, they don't. The, the NBA is not going to go. Okay, Boston, take a two week timeout to get your thoughts together, and then you can start. No, the preseason starts Sunday. There's teams laughing at the Celtics at this point. Like, oh, look at you. And you you don't think the Phoenix Suns, after what they went through last week, are happy that this happened in Boston? <laughs> like, like you know what I'm saying? No one on Monday talked about – remember, the big thing was going to be Brooklyn's media day. Nobody talked about that on Monday. No one yeah. – like, we was like, oh, that's right. KD's talking, you know, for the first time since the whole thing of the trade demand. And Kyrie's going to say something, of course, unusual and crazy. Like – no one cared because this is happening. So at this point, the Celtics unrealized they have to pivot and move on. No one's feeling sorry for them. And I think it's been a positive, healthy environment so far for what I've seen that the guys are kind of like, hey, you know, it is what it is. He did like, and I think people took more and took Marcus's smarts comment of he didn't die kind of wrong that he didn't die. Like he's okay. He's getting partially part of his salary. He got to get himself together. He can come back. Like, I think they're looking at it like, hey, this is what I didn't expect this. Nobody, you know, we've all been in professional sports for years. No one's seen anything like this before. But like anything else, you pivot and you got to keep it moving. And these guys have to do that because no one is feeling sorry for them. I have to ask you this one before we move on here. Um there's some speculation coming around from other circles and, you know, the NBA Twitterverse, if you will. We know Twitter's not a real place, but, you know, stuff generates out there. Um, this franchise has had its fair share of trials and tribulations and drama from various lenses, one way or the other. Do you get a sense, you know, as somebody who's there, sees these guys on a regular basis, that at the top, Jason and Jalen specifically, are they tired? Are they, I mean, most players at this, like, they just want to hoop. 
are they tired of the extra stuff? And is this just kind of one more thing that they've had to deal with? Or do you see them just kind of galvanizing and, you know, ready to try to climb the mountaintop yet again? But people are concerned that this is starting to maybe wear on them specifically with this franchise. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's been like a whole bunch of drama before this. Like there was the coaching change when Brad Stevens stepped down, you know, COVID, but everybody went through that. I don't think this is one of those like, like where it's just, t- you know, a chaotic franchise, team chaos. Like, I don't think it's like that where you look at some of the, fr- you know, like Dallas Cowboys or something like that, where it's like, man, it's always something happening in, in, in Dallas. So there's always something going down or the Portland jail blazers 20 years ago, where there was just all kinds of drama. Like, I don't think it's that strong, but I do think that these guys realize they have to mature and be grown adults and they have to be better leaders. Not that they weren't good leaders, but when you have a 34 year old coach who's never played in the NBA, never coached NBA leading you trying to get back to championship, like you got to be grown about it. So Jalen can't lament being thrown into the KD trade talks. Jason can't lament. I had a terrible finals because Andrew Wiggins locked me down and I wasn't completely healthy. Like they got to move on and be better leaders and bigger leaders and more vocal. And I've been told, you know, talk to people and and players who said Jason's becoming more vocal and Jalen's always been vocal and always been kind of a, a leader in his own right. They just got to move on. I don't know if they're tired of like, man, I got to get a body because look at, I mean, look at all the drama in Brooklyn, right? I mean, they, I mean, they, they I can go to Brooklyn. You want them drama? I'll go to Brooklyn. You know, the, co- the, the number one player wants to coach and GM fired. One of the players don't want to play because he, he took a two week break after the January 6th and then, then decided he want to get vaccinated. James Harden wants in and wants out. Like that's team drama, right? I think the Celtics feel like this is the players feel like this is a stable franchise. This is just an unusual case that's going to take a while to shake because, to be honest, like you need closure, mm. right? And if you don't know all the all the reasons, it's hard to develop closure. It's hard to have someone in come in and say, "Hey, you know these guys are twenty somethings, right?" So the forty somethings they look up to as father figures or big brother figures, right? Because they are. They're 24, 25, 26. Someone 45 is, you old enough to be my daddy, right? So here comes someone who is close to their father's age or a little bit, tad bit younger than their father, whatever, okay? And he comes in, instills discipline, tells them how to be grown, tells them how to handle criticism, tells them you got to be mature, professional, all these things that they needed to hear. And then does this and then goes away. So you're telling these young men, just get over it. Like they not, they're not because this is what happened. This is the unfortunate part of it. Like you're taking someone away from them, you know, like they can't, they can maybe call them. You think they're going to call him for advice now? Like, mm. you know, he got him to get himself together. So I think to, to have them, you know, it's, it's, it's not um, realistic to expect them to come back and pivot so fast. But I do think, when they're making a smooth, good adjustment. And I do think Jason and Jalen feel like, okay, let's just, let's just try to get back to normal. Let's just practice. Let's just hang out. Let's just talk, you know, let's just get back to, let's just get back to the routine. So we ought to talk about this. 
We're chatting here with Gary Washburn here on Believe in Celtics. He's the co-host with me here, Warren Shaw, Shaw Sports NBA. Make sure you're following him at G Washburn Globe. A um, couple more things before we wrap up our first episode here together, Gary. And this has been extremely insightful for me and hopefully for our fans and listeners as well, too. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot, you know, just by virtue of your level of insight and, you know, gravitas with this organization. What can you tell people who might be quote unquote casuals about Joe Mazzulla? Like, you know, what what is something that, you know, that you may know or maybe even seen this week with him now being at the at the head of the charge? Well, he seems to be very self-confident, a real student of the game, someone who's wanted this, someone who I think is prepared, even though, you know, you'd you, you like or a lot of players said they'd like their, their, their coach to be a former NBA player mm-hmm. or someone who's been through the wars. I think Missoula has been through his own wars, you know. He's a Division II coach, played at West Virginia. And going back to the West Virginia days and the two things, the two, two things, the domestic assault and the, the underage drinking, I think from what I know that he's done a 180 since then. You know, he's a man who's found Christ. He's very, he's a faithful man in terms of not, you know, like faithful in his in his faith, you know, right? He's someone who um, is just kind of grounded who just, you know, you get around people and you're like, man, I don't like, I don't want to curse in front of them. Like they're, they say all the right things. They're, they're, they're faith. They're men of faith. And when you get around, you know, I mean, you might talk mess with your friends and say some words you shouldn't say, you wouldn't say in front of your mom, but you get around certain guys and you're like, okay, we're not, yeah, let's, let's not, let's not talk that way. You know, that person deserves more, you know, and I think Joe is one of those guys that you just say to yourself, like, that's a really like solid dude in terms of how he lives his life. And I said, I, you know, we all make mistakes in college and I'm not excusing getting in trouble with the law. Many of us didn't get in trouble with the law. We might've hung out a little too much, not got the best grades, uh, you know, did things in college that we, that college people do, but you know, I don't, and he didn't excuse it. So from what I see, he has been like exactly what they wanted at this point. Step right in, be professional. You know, hey, whatever happened with, with eBay, God bless them. Let them figure his some things out. I'm going to focus on this team. I'm going to focus on the guys in front of me who are depending on me, and that's my job. Whatever happened to him, and as much as that's terribly unfortunate and he made a mistake, what can I do? I'm not going to, you know, I need to be better because I need to lead. Now I have, now I'm the leader of men. So mm-hmm. from what I've seen after a week, he's it's been a real positive influence. Now let's see what happens with X's and O's. Let's see yeah. what happens. And, you know, he's coaching against Eric Spolstra and Doc Rivers and Greg Popovich and, uh, all you know, Steve Kerr. Let's see what happens. Hopefully for the Celtic fans, he doesn't get outmatched. Hopefully he, he can keep up. And he's a good young X's and O's coach, but for so far, for what he's been asked, it's been good. It's been positive. Excellent, excellent news there. So, on the last Believe in Celtics show, I actually was um, graced by the presence of Sam Hauser. Um, he came on, kind of talked about you know his role and you know what was going to happen, kind of in the in in wake of Danilo going down now, presumably mm-hmm. for the remainder of the year, as we. Record here today, Blake Griffin was also rumored to be signed, and that looks like that's coming in on the heels of Robert Williams' news as well, too. Now eight out eight to twelve instead of four to six or whatever it was originally prognosed. Um, 
the Blake thing is interesting because if you've been following the Celtics, there's been Blake and DeMarcus Cousins are two guys <laughs> that have mm-hmm. kind of been in their aura for years mm-hmm. one way or another when they were at kind of the height of their superpowers and even as they've kind of regressed somewhat here toward the, on the tail end. So for the team to finally get Blake anyway, I think is really interesting. Is this move for Blake um, primarily because Robert is out? But Celtics were looking for a third big anyway. Yeah. Um, is is that you know, do you think they would have signed Blake regardless, or was there more a little sense of an urgency there? And what role do you think Sam will get to play? You know, as kind of a, as a four ish, if you will, you know, on this team moving forward. Well, I think Blake will play kind of the power forward, maybe a smaller center. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard. You know, Warren, it's it's hard. The NBA is hard, man. In the terms of like what we saw from him jumping over Kia's and. You yeah. know, the, the first eight or nine years of Blake's career where he was just this mammoth monster athlete, freakish athlete, jumping over people, dunking on people who taking lobs from Chris Paul. And and now he's lost his, you know, his legs aren't, you know, he's still in good shape, but the legs aren't there anymore. And now he's become kind of a scrappy three-point shooting at times, you know, rebounding. He's 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 doing what he can. And and I think I think Blake might be 33, 30. It's not like he's 39 or that's you know, crazy. I mean, it's just it's just, you know, not everybody's LeBron or Kobe. I think the the blessing of those guys that they, those guys, like their bodies held up and they played till, you know, especially Kobe till the wheels like Kobe walked away when he was ready at 20 years. Like that age 30 for some of our favorite NBA players is just not a flattering age. So you look at Tracy McGrady or Steve Francis or some of these guys, you know, who at 30 just kind of jumped up, you know, fell off a cliff. And so if I think Blake fills a role of just scrappy, rebound, score at the rim, knows how to play, good locker room presence, uh, trying to win it, never won a championship. So trying to win a championship. Remember, though, Warren, a couple years ago in Detroit, he was an all-star. I mean, they gave him the ball, and he went to work, and I think it was 26 points a game like four or five years ago in Detroit when they just kind of said, oh, hey, you're our box office, you know, and he just he carried the team, right? Um, so I think he's got some game left. I'm not talking about nights of, you know, average 20 points a game or anything, but he's going to have his occasional games where it's like you see it, and I think he can still get up a little bit. You know, not like he can, but like you know, he can get a little dunk. He can still dunk. Remember, he didn't dunk, and I think uh, before he got to Brooklyn, like two years. Then all of a sudden, in, in Brooklyn, he was dunking. Yeah. And it was, you know, he was like, I can still dunk. You know, don't, don't that's that's insulting or whatever. But I think he brings a good personality, a good locker room leader. This team needs more than one like old head, and that's it was Al Horford, right? You know, they needed one somebody who can stabilize that. Some of the young guys can look up to and be like, man, I played you in NBA 2K. Like, they need that guy who can – because I think if you look at the Warriors, I think they should learn a lot from the Warriors. And even in the situation with Sam Hauser, Warren, where Sam is a shooter, the Celtics felt like they made a big mistake letting Max Struess walk away mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. He went to Chicago, didn't work out. Then he went to Miami and became a starter. So the Celtics look at him and go – Man, we had that dude in our organization, and we just like let him walk. So they see another shooter, a guy who can hit the ball, hit the three ball. They haven't really had that guy since Eddie House. They look at Hauser, and so I think he, if he can knock down the shot, play decent defense, he don't have to be a stopper. He can have a, a role in this team because he can he can shoot. 
They need someone to stretch the floor. But I think if you're looking at the Celtics, and they took should take a page for the Warriors. The Warriors filled their roster with a bunch of talent. And if you remember the finals, like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga did not play. Like Juan Cascano Anderson did not play. Like they had guys who could start for other teams maybe or at least come off the bench not playing the finals because they, 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 they had their rotation, but they had a loaded team. And then they had Andre Iguodala, who now come back for one last year, who was kind of like the old head. Hey, I got a little bit of game left. I can give you something here and there. Like that's sometimes what you need. You know, um, Miami didn't sign Udonis Hasselgold to perform in the court. They signed him for his leadership. They signed him to be that, that voice. And the Celtics, because Al Horford more leagues by example, and he can be a more vocal leader as he approaches 37, but he's more a leader by example. You don't want a guy to be outside of his box. Yeah. Blake can can stabilize things. He can jo- joke with Jason and Jalen. He can talk about, you know, oh, man, I saw you guys here. I, I remember you guys are rookies. And they can say, oh, man, we remember you was Oklahoma. Like, you know, you can have those. You could He can come into the locker room and be embraced and have a role. And I think that's important. And with Sam Hauser, it all depends on him putting the ball through the hoop because you're not out. He's not out there for his defense, right? He's out there to knock down threes. He had one kind of shining game that game at Toronto last year toward the end of the season where everybody took the night off and they, they, they left half the roster at home. Some guys, cause they weren't vaccinated. Other guys that were hurt. Um, and that won't be a factor this year. Cause I think the, the, the vaccine mandate in Toronto is going to be dropped. So good for the guys who aren't – that might not be an issue this year. But Sam came off the bench and gave them really good minutes. And, you know, he's a good shooter, but I think the Celtics learned from what happened with Max Struess. We're going to give him some time, and that's good. He's taken advantage of that, uh, capitalized on that, and now he's going to have a role this year. I love it. I love it. Gary, we're going to wrap up here, but the last one before we let you – we we will kind of close up is – the with the addition of Blake and obviously the internal development that the team hopes from kind of like down the roster, are they still looking for anything else that you think? Any rumors that you've heard out there? Obviously, the Carmelo stuff has been swirling around for a little couple of weeks now as well. You know, are there other veterans or wings that they may need to look to to potentially add to this roster? Anything that you've heard and can share with us here? I believe in Celtics. Well, Warren, I think it all depends on what happens over the next week or two with some of the guys they brought in, you know, Mufundu, Kevin um, Kevin I already messed up his name. Mufundu, uh, Gabaselli, um, or Cavaselli, uh, Kevin Jelly, sorry, Kevin Jelly. Uh, well, You're thinking about Gershon back in the day, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to get my, I got to get my, I got to get my, my uh, regular season uh, roster. I got to memorize this stuff. Um, you know, Noah Vonley. Um, yeah, I forgot about know, Noah. Yeah, you know, like the, the, the young guy, uh, the first-round pick, uh, Luca Semantic, uh, a couple years ago for San Antonio Spurs, like how those guys work out, Jake Lehman. I think they're, they want to look at those guys. And if they're like, eh, you know, maybe there might be a space for Carmelo or a space for another third or another legit big, because obviously Blake's a kind of a big, but he's not, you know, he's not a seven-footer. You know, so there's Dwight Howard out there. There's DeMarcus Cousins or whatever. So to me, if um, the guys that they brought in, they're just like, eh, I think that there'll be a space. But for now, I think they're, they're, they'll they see how this thing with Blake goes. 
Obviously, now they got to uh, wait for Robert Williams to come back and see what they have from Luke Cornett, too. That's going to be an interesting. They're going to try to give him an increased role. I'm not so sure about that. But then again, who knows? Maybe he was maybe he, he's talented enough for more minutes and we just haven't seen it. But to expect him to be this like backup center or maybe even start is ooh, uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm not sure. You know, but they're going to have to do something until because I don't see Robert Williams coming back to like the first of the year. Yeah. Well, this has been a great, I think, first episode between you and I here on Believe in Celtics. Um, really excited to be working here with you on this. And Absolutely. obviously we could talk forever. Um, there's so much insight, so many nuggets, you know, kind of going deep cuts and layers in this team. But we got to save some for the regular season, yeah. see what yeah. happens in the preseason as well, too. So yeah, we'll, 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 the appetite of the, we'll the appetite of the, of the listener, though, there'll be plenty more to come. Plenty more to come. And, you know, with your connections, maybe we get a player or two on or coach yeah. somebody from the front office here and there. But that and that will be down the line. Um, everybody, this has been Believe in Celtics with me, Warren Shaw. He is the man, Gary Washburn. As always, again, make sure you're following him at G Washburn Globe. Follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. And this was our premiere episode for the regular season, if you will, here on Believe in Celtics. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week. And make sure you stay tuned and Believe in Celtics. Thanks so much. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.